The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. How's it going? It's Owen here, and for World Diabetes Awareness Month, we are doing something a little bit different. Every single day in November, we will be releasing a brand new episode with practical tips, practical insight, and practical advice you can implement with your own diabetes management. This is 30 days to change your life with type 1 diabetes. But remember, this is all from my own experience. If you have any issues or concerns regarding your own diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, enjoy this episode. Okay, so the topic today that we're going to go through is sleeping through the night with stable blood sugars. Now, this is a part of my management and and a part of management in general that I'm incredibly passionate about, and I will tell you exactly why. When we live with type 1 diabetes, we may be inclined to feel as if it's a drag, it's difficult, it's frustrating throughout the day, and while we sleep, we can kind of forget about it. We don't need to worry about it because we're asleep. We can worry about it in the morning. If you look at it logically, your blood sugar is still relevant while you're asleep. And why I say I'm kind of passionate about sleeping stable or sleeping with stable blood sugar is the fact that essentially our our night times or while we're asleep is basically 30% of our day. It's 30% of our day, 30% of our week, 30% of our month, 30% of our lifetime with type 1 diabetes. So if we are in range as much as we can with our sleep, we're already essentially giving ourselves 30% time in range. We're giving ourselves 30% of our time in a healthy blood sugar range. And the way I want you to look at it is, generally speaking, if you get an A1C test done, Usually it's done after about three months. One of those months, technically, is you asleep. That's a third. So if you're in range, you're drastically increasing the likelihood of a lower A1C. If you're in range, you are drastically increasing the likelihood of your time and range being in a place that you want it to be. So prioritizing your overnight blood sugars again, in my opinion, is massively, massively, massively important. You sleep properly. You recharge properly. If you're training, you recover properly. You wake up in the morning feeling energized as opposed to feeling groggy. 
we all know if you wake up at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, higher millimoles, that is, sometimes it can feel like you're hungover, minus having a few pints the night before. So you don't even get the enjoyment out of it. Right. <laughs> so I really want you to try and prioritize your over- overnight blood sugars. And a couple of things that I do personally to ensure that I sleep through the night with stable blood sugar levels are making sure my basal insulin is doing its job. Now, I could do an entire episode on basal insulin itself, but essentially your basal, when it's doing its job correctly, should act like an anchor to your blood sugar. Meaning when you are asleep or when you are fasted and you don't have fast acting insulin on board, you don't have a massive amount of food in your system, essentially in its simplest form, your basal should be acting like an anchor to keep you pretty stable. So making sure your basal is doing its job is number one. Number two is consistency for me with exercise and movement and activity throughout the week. And you may have heard me touch on this before, but the expression that I use is when I have consistently exercised or consistently trained, that's naturally increasing my insulin sensitivity. So the way I look at it is I am naturally putting a glass ceiling on my blood sugar, which naturally helps keep my blood sugar in a better range because my insulin sensitivity is naturally increased from the exercise, from the movement. So number one is it's the consistent, or sorry, number two is that consistency with your movement throughout the week is massively beneficial. Number three is I always like to try and have my last meal about two or three hours minimum before I go to sleep. And the logic behind that basically is if I am going to bed at, let's say, 10 p.m., If my last, let's say it's four hours. If my last meal before bed is 6 p.m., that's when I'm eating my last bit of food. That's when I'm taking my last bit of fast-acting insulin. So 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m., that's four hours. So by the time my bedtime comes around, the insulin that I've taken has likely run its course. The food that I've eaten has likely run its course. So the number that my blood sugar is at when I'm going to sleep is likely the number it's going to stay at throughout the night. So I have confidence going to sleep, knowing that this is pretty much where my blood sugar will be. And for me, let's say, for example, I get to 10 p.m. and my blood sugar is high. I know that maybe I need a slight correction. If my blood sugar is low, I definitely need a slight correction. But I still know that if I take that correct correction, I'm going to be sleeping the night stable. When I look at those meals itself, themselves, I should say, a couple of things that I keep in mind. I opt for relatively low carb and I opt for a relatively smaller portion of food. And the reason why I do those things is if I opt for a lower carb meal closer to bed, Essentially, I'm reducing the likelihood of highs from the carbohydrate. And I'm also, more importantly, reducing the likelihood of lows from insulin that I've taken. Now, if you listen to the podcast, if you know me, I'm not somebody who frequently opts for low carb. I really high carb generally. 
but low carb serves a very beneficial purpose at specific moments in time. And it acts as a very beneficial purpose closer to bed. I'm taking less insulin, I'm eating less carbohydrate, my blood sugar is more predictable. When I say I look at the portion size, if I'm consuming a really high protein meal, if I'm consuming a really high fat meal, even if there's no carbohydrate, the amount of protein and the amount of fat that I'm consuming will likely impact the height that my blood sugar spikes to over an extended period of time because fat and protein will impact your blood sugar generally at a longer rate or over a longer period of time. So if I keep my last meal relatively small in portion size, but I still do focus primarily on fat and protein, I know that I'm reducing what well, I don't know why I emphasize the or so much there. I know why I'm or I know that I am reducing the likelihood of me seeing a steady incline through the night. So again, reiterate your basal rate doing its job correctly should act like an anchor. Consistency with movement or exercise throughout the week is hugely beneficial to your blood sugar overall. Overnight blood sugar being one of them. Having your last meal two to three to four-ish hours before you go to bed gives you clarity on your blood sugar when you go to bed. And then with that last meal, opting for low carb and or a smaller portion size, focusing primarily on fat and protein. The purpose of all of this, again, is for you to sleep properly, to rest properly, to have energy for the next day and feel recharged in the morning, as opposed to feeling more stressed because you've just woken up with a really, really high blood sugar or you've slept through the night with a really high blood sugar. So essentially, remember, your overnight blood sugar is a third of your life with type 1 diabetes. It's very important.